Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's June 29th, 2000. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So on this day, Debbie Mathers, mother of Marshall Mathers III, who you may know as Eminem, brought a $10 million defamation of character suit against her son. And the subject of her ire was specifically the lyric, My mom does more dope than I do, from his hit song, My Name Is, as well as derogatory comments he'd made in interviews promoting the, the song and the album. And at the time, it was reported as, can you believe a mother would sue her son? Like, whatever their relationship is, you know, however much beef there is in the past, even sort of allegations of abuse that were floating around, can you believe that a mother would sue her son? I'm not sure that seems so ridiculous now, especially when you realise how much money Eminem was making at the time, and he was making it, not entirely, I mean, using a great deal of talent and skill to do this, (laughs) but making it partly by making derogatory comments about his mother. I can sort of see how this came to be. I'm always staggered by the eye-watering sums that go into US court cases, and you kind of wonder, how did they even land on the figure of 10 million as, you know, the the worth of her character and the damage that was done to it? It's always like in the realms of millions that these Mm. things are are brought. I mean, every time you slag me off, I'm counting it for 500 grand. So we're at 6.5 already, just so you know. I'm waiting till we get to 20, because it's just not worth my time filing before then. (laughs) But it's almost the interesting thing as well about Eminem that he put so much of his bad stuff in his autobiography into his music. There were so many rappers who were talking about how great their lives were and how much money they were making and, Mm. you know, what cars they were driving and all of the women they were having sex with. And he really traded on his rough upbringing and the difficulty of his life and his struggles and his personal shortcomings. And that kind of was the thing that I found certainly pretty compelling, and I'm sure other people did too. Yeah, but we were teenagers, Arian. I do think it's quite funny because some of like Eminem's anti-mum rhetoric in particular, I do <laughs> feel like if you were a teenager at the time, you're like, yeah, I hate my mum too because <laughs> I want to stay out till 11.30 at night. I hate you. Yeah. Whereas he was actually talking about real pain and systemic abuse, wasn't he? But That's then true. It was kind of marketed as like, if you're a boy who finds your mum a bit irritating, then this rapper's for you. Yeah, He mined so much of his personal trauma for his music, he was actually also sued by Kim Scott, his on-again, off-again wife, and that was just a year later, over the song Kim, which it's quite intense, if you remember from the time. It's basically a violent fantasy about him murdering her. Here's an odd thing. She slashed her wrists after she heard him play it live. They got divorced the following year. 
So they were still married when he wrote this song about her, and they actually briefly remarried in 2006. So this did not end their relationship. But doesn't that tie into the the things that Eminem claims where, when he says that Eminem and Slim Shady are these caricatures mm. that don't actually represent him and his true views about the world. The character just happens to have a mum and wife with the same names as his. <laughs> right, yeah. But he's, he's pu- putting on this character who is homophobic and violent and filled with hate and all of these things that Heath can then a little bit conveniently also step away from and say well actually that has nothing to do with how I actually feel about the world I don't think that's what got him off in the lawsuit that his mum had brought and apparently she was a pretty intense character so much so that her lawyer who represented her said that the amount of money that he made out of the case didn't properly cover how high maintenance she was as a, as a client throughout the court case itself oh that's a great endorsement isn't it from your own lawyer (laughs) you you can kind of get a taste of her personality from the fact that she released her own rap record in response to the the lawsuit called dear marshall which is a real masterclass in missing the point i mean his eminem's beef is around you know being brought up in you know trailer parks and uh, having her abusive boyfriends around all the time in the lyrics to this song she says I see now that giving you everything and never questioning anything you did as you were perfect in my eyes, my unconditional love created a spoiled young man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Prince Andrew defence, isn't it? You know, it's, if anything, I'm too honourable. That's essentially what she did. But we talk about beef. I mean, let's just be specific about this, because obviously some of it is allegations and some of it's tittle-tattle and some of it's stuff that you're interpreting from the lyrics. But there is something that is actually documented. She lost custody of Nathan, who is uh, Marshall's half-brother, when they were both children from social services because they found her to be guilty of child abuse, including beating him with a hairbrush and inventing illnesses, which is in itself a condition, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, where a mother or father will invent illnesses for their children so that they can play the part of being a sympathetic caregiver. That is something that came up in a case in juvenile court in 1996 before he was returned to her custody. So that was an on-the-record thing that definitely happened. Mm. So her whole case in this legal case was she'd suffered diminished self-esteem, humiliation, sleepless nights, harm to her credit rating even yeah. financially. Yeah. But, I mean, if if it ever had got to court, that just seems like such a kind of ace card, doesn't it? And, and Eminem's lawyer said at the time, well, our defence against defamation is it's true. Yeah. And that was just one of the reasons that this case was very unlikely to ever meet with much respect in a courtroom. Obviously, one thing being that you have to prove the allegations are untrue. You have to prove that they have caused damage to you. And also, it's just incredibly, incredibly difficult to win a defamation lawsuit against a piece of art. Lyrics are protected under the First Amendment in the US and under you know various other laws around the world. So what happened? All that happened in the end was that Debbie agreed to settle for the quite measly sum, considering the initial amount requested was $10 million. She settled for $25,000. And even more, sadly for her, almost all of it went to her lawyer. She received about $1,600. The sales figures for her CD to Eminem have never been released, but I think we can assume she didn't make much more off of that. I mean, normally you'd say if someone settles that there's maybe a case of no smoke without fire, like, you know, they knew they wouldn't win if it went to court. But I suppose in this case, because it's about his family, it might just be as simple as 
Eminem wanting to control the narrative, really. He didn't really want everyone discussing his family life in a way he couldn't control. The whole point about putting his family life into lyrics is he's giving a version of it for the world to consume that that's what he wants people to know, isn't it? So I thought I'd have a look into whether anyone has successfully sued for defamation over a song. Uh, And I only managed to find one instance, and Mm. Arian, possibly one that you will remember. This played out in 1998 in Australia. Mm -hmm. The far-right politician Pauline Hanson successfully sued... Oh my gosh, I do remember. Uh, Pauline Pantsdown? Pauline Pantsdown. Yeah. (laughs) So this was a song by a drag queen satirist who had basically put together, you know, those songs where they take loads of clippings of speeches and stitch them together so that politicians seem to be saying other stuff. Yeah, like Uh cassette boy kind of style. Yeah. So this was a kind of early, relatively, it seems relatively harmless now, but at the time quite controversial track that he had put together called I'm a Backdoor Man in which various quotes from Pauline Hanson, she's a far-right politician, she's homophobic, racist, etc. This song stitched together extracts from her speeches to create lyrics like, I'm a backdoor man, I'm very proud of it, and what I've called for is homosexual government. She actually successfully sued ABC, who owned the station that it was being broadcast on, for an injunction to stop them from playing it, and it has never been played again on ABC stations for that reason. I remember the track well, and it was very popular, and Pauline Hanson is one of those dog whistle politicians, but the way that um, Pauline Pantsdown recut her words suddenly all of her hidden racism was completely exposed by the way that things were being interspliced. And it ended up being a pretty funny song. It wasn't like the best thing ever, but, um, but it was definitely worth hearing. You know, he was also sued for defamation by his former high school bully, Mm-hmm. Um, he took umbrage over a lengthy verse in the song Brain Damage, which describes him attacking the young Marshall Mothers. He literally says, I was harassed daily by this fat kid named D'Angelo Bailey. So D'Angelo <laughs> Bailey felt, felt quite upset that he had been singled out by name in this extremely explicit manner. It was at most weekly. Yeah. <laughs> in that case, Eminem did not offer to settle out of court. The case was dismissed by a judge called Deborah Savito, who wrote part of her judgment in rap bars. Oh no, did That's... she release a song as well? <laughs> she didn't, she didn't release this for purchase, but the, it ended, it is therefore this court's ultimate position that Eminem is entitled to summary disposition. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's actually right. I know, gavel drop. <laughs> Tomorrow. The reports of animal rain most commonly are fish and amphibians and scientists. Love the show? Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.